0: Every Thursday, we share a beautiful beautifulnews.com story of the week. And this week, uh, with it being the first week of February, and we're all kind of struggling with things, whatever they are, mental health, um, goal setting, lockdown, all of the things that we struggle with on a daily basis, compounded by a global pandemic. I thought that we should speak to someone who is going to inspire and motivate us. And that man is Mr. Balagangia he is a man that you are going to want to hear about see about and read about and you can do all of that on jackrandfm.com but for now he's on a zoom with me hello mr ganga uh
1: hello denny uh, thanks for having me and hello to the listeners
0: we're very i'm i'm very excited to speak to you i saw your beautiful news story i've done some research on you and you are definitely the man we need in february 2021
1: yeah, my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> okay. Hopefully, hopefully, I can share something that could inspire others as well.
0: Well, you've already inspired me, so hopefully, let's let's inspire everyone else, Mister Gangia. You were diagnosed with cancer. Um, I want to talk a little bit about that because I obviously everyone's life has been touched by cancer in one way or another. Um, I lost a grandparent to to breast cancer, and I remember the diagnosis. I remember that week of her life very, very clearly because it was almost as if it was a death sentence in our house. I want to talk to you about that diagnosis and what that did to your life.
1: Most certainly. Yeah, so for me on the, um, uh, you know, life was going perfect. Um, uh, I had the perfect family. Um, uh, my, my My business was going well. And um, I had a, a good social life, and uh, I fell ill in March uh, 2018, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just nausea and throwing up and things like that. I was getting very tired, and um, I had a, a flu a few weeks before that, and I just put everything down to the flu. And and my my wife and son noticed, and and, and they told me, listen, there's something more than the flu that's wrong. I think you should go and see a specialist. So I went in on the on the tenth of June, and they did various tests and things on on me. Mm-hmm. And um, then the doctor called me in about two days later. And uh, and uh, while I was sitting in his rooms, he, he gave me the bad news that uh, I had a tumor on my left kidney, and uh, it was malignant, and uh, to the extent that I would have to lose my kidney. Mm. And and while he was uh, uh, telling me or giving me the diagnosis, I turned around and told him. In a year from today, I will climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, I think that's, that this came out of fear um, uh, as, as a measure, you know, to, to overcome the news that I've got. Because when, when, when you get this news at first, it's very hard to explain. Because the first thing that goes into your mind is, is, is um, do I have my affairs in order? in the sense that, you know, if I do die tomorrow, because we we all relate cancer with death, so if I die tomorrow, do I have all my affairs in order? Can my family continue as normal? So that's the first thing that goes into your mind. The second thing that goes in is what is it that I wanted to do that I didn't want, that I have not done? And for me, Kilimanjaro was on my bucket list, and I hadn't done it.
0: I, you know, that's, for me... That you were still in the consulting room and you were already going, no, not me, not this time, not today, not me, not this year, not this lifetime. I am going to do everything that I've wanted to do. I think that that shows such courage and such bravery and just such determination that like nothing is going to throw you off course. Um, And I think we can all learn a lot from that. Now, you, you talk about Kilimanjaro. Can you talk me through how you go through treatments? You go through surgery and then you go to Kilimanjaro. Like, how does that even work? Surely you need time off for, I don't know, recovery.
1: Yes. Well, well, you know, so what happened to me was um, on the 20th of June, I went into surgery, Uh, obviously I came out and uh, you had to go into um, ICU mandate for three or four days And and I unfortunately picked up an infection. And I remember the nurse came to pick me up on the fifth day, you know, the wheelchair to take me for an x-ray. And then I said to her, please, if you don't mind, can I can I walk, you know, along with you? She says, are you sure you, you, you're you strong enough, yes? I said, if I'm tired, I'll sit, but can I walk, you know, along with you? And and, and halfway through, she said to me, are you sure you're okay? You don't want to sit down. Um, um, I said to her, no, 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 you know, I don't want to sit down. I'm training, you know. So She said, you're training for what? I said, no, I'm, I'm training to climb Kilimanjaro, you know. And uh, uh, so, you know, whether it was a joke or not at that time, I can't remember. But this is, this is the, the, the kind of determination I had, you see. And then from there, they moved me into gender war, and then I should walk up and down the corridor, you know. And, and the end of the corridor was the, the top of Kilimanjaro, you know. So I, I just had this uh, visualization in my mind that I was reaching the top of uh, Kilimanjaro. So when I got home, you know, I used to walk up my driveway, you know, and um, and 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 slowly the steps became into a small jog, and the jog became into a run, and the run became into a sprint, and um, and and what happened was uh, three months after the surgery, I went up to Sunny Pass. I climbed up Sunny Pass just as a test to see how I could, how I was feeling, you know,
0: yeah. and
1: um, uh, I went up there with a yoga master of mine. And, and we went up uh, sunny past like mountain goats. And we got to the top. And, and that's when I realized that my mindset, uh, my diet, because I had gone on a special diet, and uh, I, I went on some form of yoga, you know, uh, as light training, as strength training. I knew all these things that, that I was doing was working for me. And, and now Kilimanjaro was definitely um, in my sights. Yes
0: it's just incredible to me how the human body is so resilient that it can go through all of the things that you went through and then still take you up a mountain. So you climbed Kilimanjaro, you got to Everest base camp, but that you didn't end there. You also did a walk to raise money for a hospice. Tell me about that.
1: That's correct. Yes, Danny. So, so what happened, uh, 2018, we did Kilimanjaro December. And in 2019, I was looking to do something in South Africa, you know, to do a walk, a long walk, you know. And, um, and I, I, I couldn't find something in South Africa that I could do. So I got a good friend of mine in India. Uh, I gave him a call and I said, look, I'm coming to India in December. Uh, please check for me. There's a nice long hike, you know, a 100, 200K hike that we could do, you know, over a week or something like that. I'd like to do something like that. And uh, strange enough, he couldn't find one. And then I went and had a look at the map of India, and you know, India is a V shape, just like South Africa. And I found a spot Pondicherry on the east coast, and I found this, uh, another spot on the west coast uh, called Cochin. And um, after all, this is this is a nice walk. We could we could walk across India. You see. And um, when I measured it, it was about 575 kilometers, the distance. And uh, I called my friend. I said, listen, you know, I've got a challenge. What do you say? Can we do this? And uh, he was prepared. He said, yes, most certainly. Let's go ahead and and, and, and do it. And um, we started training in um, uh, October and November. We did about 1,000 kilometers of walking in those two months. Wow. Um, So we walked about at least 22 to 25 kilometers a day. We walked just to get our body accustomed, you see. Also, we did the walk in the middle of the heat and things like that. And, uh, yes, on the 7th of December, we arrived. We started the walk. And um, we said, listen, if we're doing this walk, let's dedicate it to a worthy cause. And we looked around, and we found Chatswood Hospice was in need of some funds. And they were quite an incredible organization. They got about 35 volunteers that worked there for free. And we just liked what they were doing with society. And we said, listen, let's, let's see if we could help them. And uh, yes, so we 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 made the walk into a uh, a fundraiser for the hospice, and we ended up raising. Uh, or shall I say, we helped them to raise um, close to five hundred fifty thousand rand.
0: Wow, wow, that is incredible. So, Mr. Gangya, obviously you are unstoppable, completely unstoppable. But lockdown has stopped us all. What are you? Pl- are you planning yes. something? Are you planning your next adventure?
1: Yes, most certainly. Um, uh, I'm, I'm busy training at the moment. You know, I would like to cross other countries like maybe Sri Lanka and uh, Singapore. You know, I, I like, I like the third world countries to, to, to actually walk across because, uh, there's always, you know, a, a shop somewhere where you can get some water or there's some shelter that you could have a rest and, uh, uh, some uh, doctor if you need some medical care. So there's always something, on, and, and, and because it's densely populated, you see, unfortunately in South Africa, we don't have that uh, that privilege because, you know, like because in India we walked, we averaged 36 kilometers a day, mm. okay? So the 575 k's took us um, uh, 17 days. So we finished it in 17 days, Um In South Africa, the challenge, I'm really seriously looking at doing something like that in South Africa, getting one or two people to accompany me. But unfortunately, we may have to camp in South Africa because you're not going to get a place to stay every 35 kilometers. Uh, Yes.
0: Okay. So I, I think the one thing that I wanted to ask you, right, so you... You were kind of spurred into action because of an event in your life, right? There are a lot of us who haven't had that event but we've all got goals and we've all got bucket list things and we've all been saying for years we're going to do this or X, Y or Z but none of us have ever really done them Um, and without having that massive life changing event what is your advice to us how to get over those mental hurdles and how to just go for it even if our lives are not on the line.
1: Okay. Yes. So the, the most important lesson, uh, Danny, that I can share with you is that for me, if I take Kilimanjaro for sake, the fear of not climbing Kilimanjaro was greater than the fear of climbing it, mm. if you understand what I'm trying to say. So what I'm saying is what went through my mind was I said there's no way in hell that uh, I was going to be an old man sitting on the porch or lying on my dead bed <laughs> having not climbed Kilimanjaro. Yeah. You, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so the, the greatest fear that I had and the fear was so big um, of not climbing Kilimanjaro that the the opposite of that was I had to just climb it, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So if a, student, if a student is studying for a degree, Your fear of not having a degree must be so great that it just becomes secondary nature that you just go and get the degree.
0: Mm.
1: You follow what I'm saying? I get it. So a person that needs to lose 20 kgs of weight, the fear of what's going to happen to you with all that extra weight must be so great that you just lose the 20 kgs. You see, So So you have fear of not doing it and the fear must be so big that doing it so Kilimanjaro was easy. It was easier for me to climb Kilimanjaro than not to climb it.
0: Yeah, See? I get that. I get that. So.
1: so, 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 so I think that is that is the main philosophy that I can that I can share with you. And and the other thing is that, you know, whenever you do ultra distance, so what I've learned from ultra distance, uh, we have a saying that it goes like this: It says the pain only lasts until you cross the finish line. So when you're climbing a mountain or running a marathon or something, at a certain stage, your body goes through tremendous pressure and strain, mm. you know, at a certain altitude or a certain distance. And, um, and, and it's excruciating pain that you go through, You know, especially the last 25% um, of your, of your trek. And we have a philosophy that says that the pain only lasts till you cross the finish line. But if you don't cross it, it lasts forever.
0: <laughs> yes, certainly.
1: Yes, so that that philosophy keeps us going until we cross the finishing line. Because if I had not reached Kilimanjaro, the top of Kilimanjaro, I would be still sitting with the pain today. Mm. If I had not crossed India, I'd still be sitting with the pain. You see, so for the listeners, if you don't finish your degree, the pain's going to be there forever. If you don't get fit. The pain is going to be there forever. You know, yeah. if you don't, um, if you don't come to terms with the, with, with the lost relationship, uh, the pain is going to be there forever. So, some of these things we'll have to go through it, grind our way through it, um, uh, just to ensure that the pain doesn't last forever. Mm. Yes, Danny. I
0: I'm inspired. Um, I'm not sure yes. if I'm inspired enough to climb a mountain, but I'm definitely inspired enough to go back to gym. So thank you, Mr. Bala. Um, I, I'm so grateful that you took the time out of your day to chat to us. Is there anything, any parting wisdoms you'd like to leave with us? Um, any, any, I don't know, anything.
1: Yes. One more, one more I could share with you. And, um, I've written a book actually called what's your Kilimanjaro, you <laughs> see? and, and uh, so, so, why we say what you so every one of us has a Kilimanjaro, so it's not that you have to go and climb Kilimanjaro, that every person has to climb it. You know, Someone maybe just to finish a degree could be their Kilimanjaro. The second one just losing the 20 kg excess weight, could be their Kilimanjaro, you know, or qualifying or whatever the case may be, whatever they want to do but But in part I think what I want to say is that we we are gifted with our body okay, for a certain period of time mm. on, that we have on this planet. And, and the, the, our bodies are there to experience the world, right? So it's not how long we live, but how deep we live. And how deep meaning what are the amount of experiences that we can put into our body in this time that, that we have on our planet. So it really makes our life worthwhile at the end of the day. And also, uh, for the listeners, Everybody should adopt their own institute in their own communities, you know, whether it's a church or whether it's a hospice or an old age home, and and do some some work for them. So even if you write a poem or you write sing a song or something of that sort, or, or run a marathon, so you dedicate that event to that uh, organization and you can and you can make it a, a, a fundraiser where people can donate mm-hmm. uh, to that organization. Yes, Danny
0: so valid um the end goal i think is very important for a lot of people there has to be an outcome there has to be something that you're working towards because otherwise you're just working for yourself and i don't think we're very good at that um and i think that that's a learned behavior mr ganga thank you so much for your time i'm i'm so appreciative that i got to speak to you um where can we follow your journey and where can we find the book
1: uh, if you google my name bala gangi you'll pick up And um, I don't have the book in bookshops, but um, uh, I do uh, post books to to people. And uh, you you can contact me through there if you want to. That's fine.
0: Awesome. Mr. Gangya, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week and keep us posted on your next adventures.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Goodbye, everyone.